last year, uh, in 2020, well, November 2020, and um, the, the usually when I become become a millionaire or, or a multi-millionaire, there's certain world events that that happen that that trigger it. Um, so when I became a millionaire, it was when um, uh, President Joe Biden um, won the U.S. election. And there was a um, uh, there was a, a, a the stock market uh, went up. Uh, mind you, the S and P five hundred has been going up for a long time. Um, you know, over the last decade, it's been going up very strongly. Um, but um, you know, after that uh, election, it seemed to go up a lot, um, likely due to more certainty. Um, about what um, uh, what uh, policies will be implemented, so that caused a, a large uh, increase in um, in stock market, and um, it kind of reflects um, you know what what I used to uh, reach my first million, and uh, it was it's mainly uh, through um, uh, the stock market, and uh, it took about. Ten years of um, just you know saving, um, you know, living frugally and, and saving, in, uh, mostly in uh, ETFs. Um, I also had uh, a little bit of property in there, but the, the gains from property were not as great um, as uh, leveraged equities. So. When I say leveraged equities, I'm talking about a margin loan uh, used to uh, to borrow money to invest in the stock market via ETFs. So my second million came um, through cryptocurrencies. Um, basically, um, I had um, uh, you know I've been holding cryptocurrencies uh, since about 2017 and um, and um, cryptocurrencies were uh, in my opinion um, a very small part of well I believe um, you know I didn't want too much exposure to them because they're risky and volatile and so I had a uh, relatively small a proportion of my net worth in crypto, maybe about five percent or so. Um, but recently, in 
fitness recovery is still happening uh, to this day. Uh, today being uh, October uh, 2021, and this recovery um, caused me to tick over into the uh, the two million net worth range or two million net worth mark um, a few days ago. However, it only lasted for 30 minutes and uh, then it dipped back down and my net worth now is about you know 1.96 million. So um, yeah hopefully uh, third time is um, is a charm and um, I remain a multi-millionaire but um, these are volatile investments so it's something that uh, that um, it, it may take time and it may take patience before uh, before we you know, breach that two million mark and and and, uh, and never go back uh, under it. So we'll see. Um, but the main um, reason why I've started this recording is um, just. Um, so my, I'm 35 now, um, in my mid-30s, I've been working uh, for about uh, a decade, and so the question is how, you know, how, you know, for someone who's a little bit younger, you know, what, what can they do that, um, that will allow them to accelerate their, their wealth? And in my opinion, um, it is to to be to put it succinctly, it's about being. Um, there's a there's a saying which is, um, you know, be don't be um, penny smart and pound foolish. So basically, don't focus on the small things because that's what everyone else tends to do they tend to focus on on the small things rather than the big things so this applies in many situations uh, the first one is investing um, so there's two parts to building wealth one is um, uh, investing, and uh, you know how to invest, choosing the right investments. Uh, but a lot of people focus on this without focusing on the other uh, the other thing you need to do, which is to save money. You know, like if if you're earning a hundred k per year. And you're and after tax on me, and you're spending ninety k. You've only got ten k left to invest per year, so it doesn't really matter what you invest in or how you invest. You're probably not going to make much because you're only putting in ten k per year. Um, but if you're saving, um, 
50 join in at the same amount, 100k, but you're only spending 10k, so you're saving 90k. That's, that's going to make a big difference. So people need to focus not just on how they invest, but how they save as well. So those two are very important. And in both these situations, you need to look at where you can make uh, large gains. You know, don't look at the small, you know, the small things. So let's talk about investing first. Um, when it comes to investing, um, there is a risk reward um, trade-off. So the the lowest risk investments have the lowest payoff, and the highest risk investments have the highest payoff, but also the highest losses as well. So we can we can look at the lowest risk investment uh, as pretty much being cash and government bonds. So cash in a bank, um, usually there's a government guarantee um, on it. So even if the bank um, goes bust, the government will step in and um, give you back your money. Uh, and the same applies with government bonds. It's a government uh, guaranteed um, uh, investment, so uh, it's it's very uh, it's very safe. And if you buy an inflation protected government bond, then once again, that's even safer because you're protected from uh, from inflation. So these are very safe investments, but if you're investing in it, you're not going to make much. You'll the interest rates on um, these investments are almost zero and after inflation you're making a loss so then you move into um, you know the sort of you know, moderate risk investments so these are uh, um, I would probably say um, you know, emerging market bonds corporate or junk bonds and then moving up to um, you know equity or, or stocks and, um, and and property and, um, and then there's leverage so you know when you borrow money to invest in these uh, assets then that increases the risk even more and then at the other extreme um, I think you've got cryptocurrencies, which um, they, they tend to be highly volatile, uh, very risky, and um, you know there are ways that uh, you can increase the risk. So basically, the um, the the more the, this, you know, if if you look at the um, the market cap rank of crypto, um, you know, the, the higher market cap uh, weighted cryptos, such as, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, um, they're, they're, they're the safer cryptos. Um, the further down you go on that list, the more risky uh, it is.
Um, so, and then if you combine that with leverage, then you've got so plenty of risk there. So if, if you take out a, if you um, have a, a margin loan uh, against some speculative low market cap crypto, then that is just insane uh, amount of risk. So there's the risk spectrum right there. And um, so uh, it, it, how much risk a person should take is it's a personal thing. But at the same time, you have the choice to structure your life so that you can take on more risk or not. So, you know, someone who, um, you know, someone who, um, you know, lives paycheck to paycheck cannot take much risk. So let's say, you know, let, let's say someone earns um, 100K. So going back to the example I gave before, if someone has 100K and, um, you know, he lives paycheck to paycheck, let's say he has a stay-at-home wife and five kids. So he's got, you know, a rent or a mortgage to pay. Um, he's got a large house. Uh, he's got, you know, six people he's, he's got to feed. Um, if he doesn't feed them, then, then they starve. Plus, he's got to feed himself. He has to pay the school fees. Uh, he has to pay the you know, petrol for the car to, um, you know, so that the kids can be driven to school and everything. So, all this, let's say, costs 90k. This guy's only got 10k left over to invest. And the rest is just all gone. And, you know, he, he's got so much, um, you know, he's got people who rely on him. And so, if he makes a mistake, or, or, or if he has a fluctuating returns, then potentially it means that the standard of living of, you know, his kids will be um, impaired. And so, he, he can't really take much risk. That would be a bit, in my opinion, um, irresponsible. Um, and so, this guy invests in lower risk assets. And as a result, he is guaranteed to get lower returns. Contrast this with someone who, let's say... He earns the same amount, 100k, post-tax, but he lives with his parents, and uh, he's got he's got no kids, um, and um, you know, let's say he's uh, got a vasectomy, like like I have, and um, so even if he, um, you know, sleeps around, there's no chance he'll have children. So that risk is all gone. So, and his expenses are like 
negligible, doesn't pay any rent, doesn't pay anything, um, and, um, you know, he just pays for, let's say, um, let's say he, um, you know, just buys some food here and there, um, so he spends 10k a year, and he's got 90k per year that he can invest, and let's say he puts that all into, you know, Dogecoin, even if the investment went down 90% uh, in one day, what difference does it make to this person? Like nothing. It makes no difference at all. And so, really, this person is capable of taking on a lot of risk. And therefore, uh, he can learn to be more comfortable with it. And uh, because he can take on more risk, he's able to realize higher returns. So this is where um, the concept of um, you know, not being um, you know, penny smart pound foolish comes in, you know, because it's if if you're just you know, someone can just like focus on these low risk investments, you know, like just you know, pe people a lot of people they they um you know, they, they look at interest rates on bank accounts and they're fretting over like point one percent. You know, they're like, Oh my god, uh, this this savings account is has a return of one point two percent. I could have put it into this account at this other bank and earned one point four percent, and and then they move it and they they think they've done something spectacular just just by moving, you know, from one you know just earning a little bit extra. Um, you know, and they, they do all this research into, um, you know, savings accounts and, uh, you know, frequent flyer points and, and, uh, you know, even, even researching into, like, different companies and earnings and everything. And, um, you know, it's, like, like how much money are they really making out of, out of that? Uh, for the effort, and, you know, some kid is putting, like, going all in, um, a, uh, a, uh, a, um, a meme coin, and becoming a multi-millionaire as a result, you know what I mean, like, it's, sometimes, you, if you're, if you're too busy looking at the, the lower risk areas, you're going to miss out. So that's um, that, that that's um, that's looking at the investment side of things. As uh, discussed earlier, we need to look at the saving side as well, and I think I've already kind of covered this um, somewhat. So when it comes to savings people tend to focus on the small things. 
you know, for example, um, coffee. Many people skip coffee and they skip avocado toast and they think that that they've just saved so much money you know like if you don't buy coffee every day you save three dollars add that up about much is that? Uh, three dollars a day. Um, it's about um, it's about a hundred dollars a month, and um, so it's about a thousand two hundred a year. And and then they go and buy a luxury car and spend like a hundred twenty k on that. Or they will go and have a baby and spend, you know, 20, 30k per year on that. So, you know, they're, they're focused on the small things, but then they, they completely mess it up with, with the big things. So, um, this, this is something to be, very, um, very careful about, um, because everyone seems to do it, and, um, you know, like, this is the reason why I I highly recommend that, um, people don't, um, that they try to live with their parents, um, when they're young, because moving out is, is very expensive. So the areas where the average person spends the most money tends to be in, you know, one is uh, housing, so rent and and mortgage. Uh, Two is car. Um, People tend to spend a lot of money on their car. And three is children. Uh, So kids are very expensive. So if you can um, you know, reduce your costs in these three areas, then, you know, saving money becomes pretty much autopilot. You know, if, if, if you're focusing on the big things, the little things will take care of itself. Um, and, and also there's a lot of studies that show that, um, people who spend small amounts frequently tend to be happier than people who, um, who spend, um, large amounts infrequently. So, you know, if, if you're buying a coffee every day for three dollars um, each each day, you tend to be happier than someone who, you know, bulk buys a large tub of coffee for a thousand dollars a year. Um, and um, you know, that's it's, it's a complex psychological thing, but it could be that. Um, you know, because you're doing it every every day, you're getting you're getting that uh, happiness spread out um, over time. Uh, whereas if you're just you know lump buying that coffee all in one, um, then you're uh, you're not um, you 
forgiveness from buying that that lump of coffee all at once, but, but then that's it. So this applies to many things. So for example, if you buy a brand new car, people tend to be you know, very happy um, initially, but the, um, the, the feeling of um, you know, excitement wears off quickly. Um, because, you know, the car is just, it's just, it's just a car, and, you know, they've, they've had it for a while, and, and then the, 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 the urge to buy a new one, uh, comes in, um, very quickly. The same applies with, uh, housing. Usually when people buy a house, it's, it's a, it's a big thing, um, but then over, over time, um, it's, um, they start to wonder, you know, well, oh, should I upgrade to, you know, this house or that house? Um, and, you know, whenever they upgrade, it's a, it's a huge um, expense. Uh, so, you know, when it comes to savings, look at the big things. Uh, you know, consider not moving out, you know, living with your parents. Or, if you have to, to leave, um, you know, for, so for example, if you, um, you know, have abusive parents, um, then, uh, consider getting a housemate. It's, it's, um, the costs can be split among, uh, multiple people, so you can save more. Um, in terms of car, well, it kind of depends you know, if you need one, some people may need one, some people may, may not. Um, the thing about a car is uh, it depends on where you live and where you work. Um, you know, if you're lucky enough to live right next to where you work, then um, then you can just walk to work, and that's very convenient. But, um, you know, for example, if you're trying to save money by living with your parents, and, um, you know, they live in the suburbs and, you know, your work is in the city, then, then you may need to, to drive to work. Um, so it, it all depends. Um, but try to not have a car. Um, and, uh, but if you need one, um, try to, not use it too much, and you know, use public transport uh, where you can. And um, you know, if you need to buy a car, then just buy something secondhand and, and cheap. And, um, and then we come to the third big expense, which is children. Uh, in my opinion, you shouldn't you shouldn't have children at all. Um, so I've had a a vasectomy. So, the risk of having children is non-existent for me. Um, you know, even if, um, you know, a lot of people use, um, you know, condoms or, um, you know, women use the pill or they use, um, IUDs and, um, other, uh, contraception, um, but, uh, yeah, there's, 
perception it, it depends on 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 the gender. So um, for women, uh, the options are uh, uh, tubal ligation, um, the pill, the morning after pill, and IUD. I think those are the the main options. Uh, so the pill is probably the best, the most convenient. They just take a pill and and then they can't have a baby. Um, it doesn't work a hundred percent, but it's it's fairly reliable from from what I've read. And um, so I think the effectiveness or the efficacy is about ninety nine percent or thereabouts. Uh, there may be some sort of hormonal side effects from what I've heard. Um, so that's something to look at. Um, but in terms of the 99% uh, efficacy, uh, when that is paired with the condom, then um, it's, it's very good odds. So if in a heterosexual relationship, then the, the man wearing the condom, the woman wearing uh, the, the woman taking the pill, uh, the, the condom has a failure, probability of failure, but it's you know, reasonably small. Uh, once you combine the pill and the condom, then you're combining a low probabilities. So you're multiplying them together, you have um, a, a number that uh, is fairly low, or almost zero. So the condom plus pill is very effective. Um, so, if you're a woman, you should consider the pill, um, um, and if you're a man, then use a condom. Uh, the women are lucky that, that they have the pill because there's no pill for the man, unfortunately. And uh, women also have the morning after pill. Um, RU486 is, is, is one, so that's where if um, she um, gets pregnant, or if she has sex, and she's worried about uh, impregnation, then the morning after she just takes that pill, and then she's not pregnant anymore. And then, um, even if that fails, there is, in many countries, abortion for the woman. So, there's lots of choices for the women, but that being said, these choices are um, kind of questionable because, so take abortion, that's quite a invasive surgical procedure, um, you know, the IUD, that's also kind of invasive, she has to stick something into herself. The hormone, the, 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 the pill, the contraceptive pill, uh, there could be some hormonal issues with that. I'm not an expert on these hormonal impacts, but um, supposedly they can be um, um, a worry. 
is the surgical option, which is the tubal ligation. And this is the, uh, the female equivalent of the vasectomy. The tubal ligation, um, basically it's when the, uh, the woman has her, her tubes tied. And, um, and this is um, so- somewhat similar to the, um, the vasectomy. So the vasectomy is where the man's um, um, uh, v- vasa, which is the sort of the, the man's tubes from his scrotum, um, from his scrotum, which is where the sperm is produced. The, the, those uh, vessels are cut so that um, there's no sperm in the ejaculate. So um, the vasectomy is a much cheaper and less invasive operation compared to the um, the tubal ligation. So for a man, it's um, I, I think it's the it's the preferred option rather than using uh, the condom. So the condom, um, there are some risks, and as you become wealthier, um, as you become, say, a millionaire or a multi-millionaire, the risk of uh, sperm theft uh, increases. So, um, you know, there's been uh, many anecdotes of... um, um, of you know, women stealing men's sperm and um, using it to um, to claim child support. So if let, let's say um, uh, you happen to you know, you're, you're having sex with a woman and she she lies about you know she's not on birth control, she's not on the pill. Um, and then, um, or you, you use a condom, and it's been punctured beforehand. You know, it's been sabotaged. Or you use the condom; it hasn't been sabotaged, but you put the condom in a bin, and the woman takes it and um, impregnates herself with that sperm. So this this has all happened before, and. Um, you can get a vasectomy and there's no chance of that happening. Uh, even if you want children, you can just get a vasectomy and store your sperm in a sperm bank. Now this you do only if you if you want children. Um, me personally, I do not want any children ever. Uh, maybe I'll adopt in the future, but I have no interest in um, spreading my genetic material um, onwards, and so I'm not willing to pay the, the sperm bank costs, uh, which um, can be uh, quite high from what I hear. So, um, uh, yes, and you know this applies the other way as well. So, you know, there are you know, female gold diggers. And there are male gold diggers as well, plenty of them. Um, you know, because women uh, make a lot of money nowadays. So, you know, I think both men and women need to uh, 
seriously consider um, contraception and, you know, be smart about contraception and, um, you know, and see it as a, a huge risk to your financial future, to your life as well, and, um, and um, you know, take, take care. And uh, that's pretty much it. So, um, you know, people need to focus on the big things, not the small things. Um, you know, the, the, the big things, uh, we can look at, um, the big things, we need to look at investments and savings. So when it comes to investments, we need to look at the large gains. Where can we make the large gains? Let's, let's not focus on things like, you know, savings accounts and government bonds and term deposits, you know, making, you know, 1% instead of 0.9%, doesn't matter. You know, let's look at some high-risk investments, you know, some shares like, you know, Tesla. You know, imagine investing in Tesla in the, in the early days, you know, or, um, you know, something like Bitcoin. Imagine buying Bitcoin, you know, back when it was a dollar, you know, now it's, um, you know, $60,000. Um, you know, or, or, uh, you know, leveraged investment, I'd say. You know, you can borrow money, invest it in the S&P 500 index fund. Um, you know, you, you would have made a lot of money from that. So these are the big returns, but they're big risks. But you need to be in a position to take these risks. But you have the the power to structure your life so that you can take those big risks. And how you structure your life depends on savings. So this is where another area where we need to focus on, on the big things. So let's not focus on things like you know, coffee and and uh, you know reusing bags. You know, which is good for the environment, so we should, you know you should should do that. Um, but you know you, you're kidding yourself if you think you're gonna save any money from from doing that. You know, like reusing a bag uh, over and over again, um, or you know reusing um, well reusing anything really. Um, or, uh, you know, like having a, a baby and then, you know, buying a, a cheap pram, you know, rather than a, a higher-end model, you know, so you buy like a $500 pram instead of a $1,000 pram, you know, like, like how much have you, like you've only saved $500, had you not had the baby in the first place, you would have saved like 30000 a year, and, you know, upwards of 500k, uh, you know, lifetime cost. So we need to look at the big costs here. The big costs are housing, car, and children. So we need to focus on these, cut these costs, and the savings become automatic.
And the younger you can do this, the better, because there's more opportunity for compounding. Um, you know, so when you're young, definitely, you know, look at getting housemates. You know, look at living with your parents for longer. You know, look at getting a vasectomy or getting a tubal ligation. You know, look at going car-free. Look at, um, you know, just taking public transport everywhere. You know, all these things will make a difference um, versus the, the small things.